Okay, what do you say we get this thing fired up and going? Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Race Time Radio, all live on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks. Happy Memorial Day weekend for all of our U.S. listeners. Big, big weekend, biggest weekend in motorsports this weekend with the Indianapolis 500 today and, of course, the Coca-Cola 600 on right now uh, down in NASCAR, down in Charlotte. Junior, good weekend so far. Uh, been a great weekend. How can you mention those two and not mention Monaco? Well, you got to mention Monaco. No, that's, I don't. That's, I don't have to. That's what kicks off the greatest weekend of motorsports every year. It's Monaco, Indy 500, Daytona, or, or Daytona 500, Coca-Cola 600. Well, I didn't you know gotta, about. You, you I, I didn't know about Monaco. <laughs> I know. I know. No, I didn't know about <laughs> Monaco. It's uh, don't it, care about it, Monaco. <laughs> Monaco is is uh, a heck of a heck of a kickoff. But is it? Uh, um, yeah, just a, a wild weekend. Uh, definitely uh, a great Indy five hundred. Awesome. Um, a spectacular spectacular year again. Um, great racing. It Always was a lot the, of fun. A lot of fun to watch. Indianapolis 500. I love that race. Yeah, definitely. It's it, a, you know what I really like about it? They celebrate the international flavor of the Indianapolis 500. Absolutely. Um, you know the drivers are from all over the place, yeah. and they celebrate it. Not like uh, we see sometimes. Uh, it's pretty hard when you get a Canadian in a field, and. Uh, you know, you, not very often you hear that, hey, that guy's a Canadian. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's refreshing. Indianapolis, the IndyCar Series, love them. Uh, they're coming to Toronto. The streets of Toronto won't be long, Junior, and you will be there. Yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, it's, it's going to be back there, which is, which is awesome. Yes. It's very refreshing um, to, get, uh, to get back there and to get uh, um, reacclimated to the streets of Toronto, which, by the sounds of it, is going to be a different complexion than what is we're it? used to. Going to be know? a different track, different layout? No, the same, same layout, but they've fixed a bunch. You know, they've done Ooh. a bunch of road work in the past two years. You know, every year that track got bumpier and bumpier, and, and you know, it just got, you know, there, there was parts of that course that was you know extremely wore out um <laughs> character and uh, uh yeah by the sounds of it there's going to be some really unique uh changes to um you know just the way that the place races and uh then as well you know it's it's been a couple of years so um you know with the uh, with covid and all of that stuff uh it, it's it's coming like a freight train that's for sure and uh but man there's a there's a handful of races still to get to uh, before we get there and, and, uh, you know, lots of, uh, lots of NASCAR Pinty's action between now and then, um, which we're definitely looking forward to. And, and, uh, um, you know, we got Chaudier coming up, uh, here in two, two weeks, weeks time, yep. yep. Uh, June 11th. And then as well, um, you know, out to the rock. So Newfoundland. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to between now and the, in the Toronto Indy. Well, there is. And, uh, it was a great weekend. Uh, all kicked off this past Friday night. At Delaware Speedway, uh, just outside London, Ontario. Uh, tonight, we've got a great guest lineup. Let me tell you who we've got coming on this very program. Uh, we're going to kick it all off with Jake Sheridan. He is going to join us. Uh, he went to Victory Lane in the late model class uh, at Delaware Speedway on Friday night. That 52 car. Junior, again, you were at that race, spotting for the 17 car. Uh, you guys didn't do bad. Started Deep in the field and work your way up into the top 10. Uh, but definitely that 52 car was a bullet. 
Yeah, it was a uh, it was a really unique race, man. Uh, Twenty four cars for uh, you know a regular Friday night show at Delaware Speedway. It's been a lot of years since we've seen that. Um, so hats off, number one, to you know the racetrack and everybody for for. But it making wasn't that a happen. regular night. It was a seventy lap was late a, model. It was a seventy lap late model race, but yes. but it's not you know it's it's not like it was a you know a, a crown jewel event by any stretch. It was a oh, first you know, extended was, distance was, race of the year. Yeah, correct. But it was still, you know, it wasn't APC. It wasn't a, you know, a, a massive event by any stretch. It was a, it was still a, you know, a regular Friday night of sorts. Um, it, there wasn't a sanctioning body attached to it. It was just 50 laps for the super stocks and 70 laps for the late models. Wicked car count. Uh, the weather looked like crap all week, but still a really solid, uh, you know, fan turnout. And uh, a, a wicked car count in both, 27 in super stocks and 24 in late models. You can't complain about that. No. And, uh, you know, really deep field as well. So um, Jake Sheridan was really good. Uh, Ray Morno, really good. Um, yeah, you know, guys, cut a tire, right? He yeah, cut a tire down yeah, and got uh, into the fence a little bit at yep. the start-finish line. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, right up into it. Um, you know, when you when you look back through the field, Connor Pritigo, uh had a, a really strong performance. You know, kind of in that top ten the whole race. Uh, Matt Pritigo, a little bit of a surprise. He wasn't really yeah. a factor in the race. Um, got into it a little bit with Steckley. I know he, I I seen him arc off of a couple of cars. Uh, had some contact, so I wouldn't doubt that it it adjusted the toe for him a little bit. Um, <laughs> Self adjusting. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and 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 Steckley as well put on a great performance up in that in that top five basically the entire night um you know it, it, it it's not the delaware of yesteryear where you know and and the track has got a lot of the characteristics of of you know a freshly paved intermediate style track that the yeah. nascar guys yeah, go yeah. to there are treacherous spots if you get out of that groove there's mm. a lot of there's there's definitely there's not a lot of grip out there if you uh, you know, make your entrance right and you make your exit right, um, you can make a lap around there and, and not have any, you know, mistakes. And, uh, can you imagine if they would have paved the whole thing? I, I, it wouldn't have changed. Huh? Oh, yeah, sure it would have. No, you would now, have had grip if, up where you don't. If they would have paved the corners, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. But the corners are still smooth as glass yeah. because it's the concrete. And, and to be honest with you, there's a lot of grip down there mm. in both ends. And when you look at the concrete, um, it didn't need to be. It did that not didn't, need to. That be. didn't need to be fixed. No, and and the straightaways really. If you go outside of the, the place where it has been paved, it, it, you're never going to race down there anyway. So really, it, the places where they did pave it, if they would have paved the entire racetrack, agreed, would have been a completely different place. Yeah. And the grip level would have been completely different. Oh, yeah. Their transition when you go from asphalt to, to concrete is very unique. Um, and I, I, to be honest with you, it create, creates really good racing. Um, I think that the way that it lays out, though, um, definitely is conducive to a car that has momentum. Mm. And, you know, if you break that momentum, it becomes really difficult to get back. But... You know, it used to be a few years back, if you had 24 cars on the racetrack at Delaware, there was two or three of them going back to McCall's for a clip. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember. You know, it was it was that way for a lot of years. And it, 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 it you still have the potential because the speed is very elevated. You yeah. know, there's close racing. There's definitely contact, you know, that, that happens. But the way that the race plays out, you can race side by side. You can make that move, that last-minute move, diving into the corner. You can make those moves and gather it back up. 
Um, so we've seen great side-by-side action. We've seen phenomenal racing. And uh, I think the fans got exactly what they paid for. Let me tell you who else we got coming on the show. We do have Jake Sheridan up on the hotline. We're going to get to Jake in just a shake. Uh, we're going to hear from Jay Dewar, driver of the 43 in the Super Stock. He also went to Victory Lane on Friday night at Delaware Speedway. J.R. Fitzpatrick goes and wins both feature races at Flamborough Speedway just last night. Another winner from the province, Jake Hooker. He goes to Victory Lane in his dirt late model, the number 38. Uh, then we're going to go off to the west coast of Canada, and we're going to go all the way out to BC, and we'll bring in that. Uh, remember last week we were talking to Daryl? They had the big 125 going on the track just uh, mere moments after we were speaking with him. Well, it was Rory Smith that ended up winning that race. He is going to join the show tonight. We'll talk to him about his big win. But what do you say we get to that hotline and bring in guest number one? And that would be Jake Sheridan, driver, the number 52, down at uh, Delaware Speedway, Victoria's Friday night. Jake, what's going on? How you doing, buddy? Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, not too much. Doing good. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Congratulations. You hit pay dirt night number two at Delaware. But were you there night number one? We were indeed. We were there. We weren't quite there in the same fashion as we were this last Friday, but uh, we were there and uh, learned a bunch of things in this new WMI car, and we had had our cooking for this Friday. Man, did you ever, Jake. You had a great race car. Got a tip of the cap, though, to that 22. He kept you honest all night, man. Uh, The two of you guys were in a different area code. Yeah, for sure. No, it was definitely definitely a a race in the two cars for the front for the top spot there if you might at least last half the race but uh that's kind of those races play out you know it's uh it's tricky it's tricky there with those uh some of these guys aren't used to the, the momentum package we got now and stuff and you start uh you start tasting down there at the end of those semi-lap races there that tire program and stuff like that it's, uh, it goes away quick so it was cool to see two of us at the end there and yeah no doubt we had a great race in the 22 car he has uh Kept us honest. There's a lot of games going on there too. Nice. I like that kind of stuff. So I like I like that mental race and that and a short track like that. So it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it and just uh, enjoyed it a lot more that we ended up on top. So. I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, and good on you for doing that, Jake. Uh, it, it was uh, one of those races. The cautions were definitely coming into play. I know I was watching on the Rogers broadcast. I absolutely loved it. Those guys did a great job. Uh, got to hand it to Chris. He flew that whole thing solo uh, and did a great job. Uh, messed up Josh Stoddy's name a little bit. Just called him Stodd, but uh, that's okay. You know, like when you're flying solo like that, you got a lot of stuff coming at you. Uh, Chris did a magnificent job, but there was uh, quite a few cautions in that race. I started doing a little bit of math thinking, now, you got 70 laps, half-mile racetrack. Anybody running it close to the line with that many cautions, will they start to be thinking about fuel? Was fuel even an issue with the 52? Uh, no, not really. We've seen uh, – we, we're, we're, we're restricted pretty hard there, too, with that fuel. That makes a big difference. So I think we're, we, we can go a substantially longer amount of time in the ATC cars, but – I think we all learned our lesson there two years back at Delaware when we started running out of fuel and things like that. I, I, uh, if you didn't, anyways, it wasn't very good note taking. I, I like to run in high gear all the time and make sure we're working fuel no matter what goes on. But uh, no, it's definitely uh, Chris Evan did a great job. It's really, really great to see Rogers back at Delaware this year, and I think that brings a lot of publicity to the Speedway. So um, I'm really happy that some of the people that didn't get to make it out, especially because it was such a 
uh, unfortunate night there for the weather. It was uh, it wasn't very promising. So I, I understand 100% a lot of people not making it out. So I was still impressed with the crowd they had, but I'm happy that a lot of people had the option of watching on uh, Roger. Hey, I'll tell you what, a two plus a, ga- a, a liter of fuel, I couldn't afford to leave on somebody. Not with the way the weather was. Uh, Junior did. He was spotting for a guy, but uh, man, I wanted to come down to Delaware. I was hoping for a perfect night. That it wasn't, but thankfully it was broadcast on Rogers, and uh, I was able to enjoy the full night, uh, and I did every single lap. It was uh, definitely exciting. In the closing laps of that race, uh, Jake, uh, you, you know, it was coming down to it. Were you giving it everything the 52 car had, or were you kind of driving a little bit in the mirror, finding out what uh, Kyle was up to? Uh, and I didn't know whether he was using everything he had, whether he was going to turn it on with 10 to go or something like that. Were you, in fact, running flat out? No, it's, uh, it's, uh, like I said, there was a lot of, uh, I think there was a lot of mental games going on, you know, between uh, me. I got me and my dad up there watching the race with me on my spotter. And, you know, Kyle Simon's got Scott Stuckley up there on his radio for him. So I can I can tell there's a couple times he's, he's telling him what to do on some of those research and stuff like that. So. That was, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of games going on I think and a lot of strategy going on and the last little bit of the race there I think we had a we were, we were really really good we didn't put any new tires on as as I don't think some of the other people did definitely some of the APC guys that came had new tires on but we ran our same as the first race and I think it would have helped us the last 20 laps anyways to have some stickers on but uh, I think uh, it was it was solid it was a real solid piece and it, it's pretty hard to get a break like that get away when you got that many restarts in the last three to go so I think if you uh, uh, our cart was really, really good in a long run. Our weakest link, I would say, was the first three to four after after a caution, uh, which I think we, we did some digging here this weekend. We had some time. Uh, it's kind of nice racing on Friday and having the rest of the weekend to work on the race car. We've done some digging last few days here. We found a couple things that were uh, that were definitely a miss, were a problem for Friday night. So I was really motivated to find that kind of stuff after we were as solid as we were. So I think uh, I think there's some more left in the tank, and uh, there was a little more left in the tank on Friday, too. So I like, I like, I like where this is going, and uh, I like that feeling. With Jake Sheridan, driver of the 52, victorious Friday night at Delaware Speedway. First extended distance race of the year. 70 laps the distance. And, Jake, you led, uh, I'm going to say, probably three-quarters of that race, if not all of it. Uh, It it was uh, a situation where, um, man, I didn't know who was going to win that, honestly, until we got right down to the last couple strokes. Uh, it was uh, it was one of those nail biters of a race. The O3 car was quick, and then trouble broke out for uh, for him. It was just one of those races. Uh, so now, with you having tires that were, you know, like a week ago's tires, does that mean you get to save tires for the APC show when it comes in? And what's the plan for you going forward? Are you going to run the full tour? I'd imagine. No, the uh, that, that yeah, the race there last Friday, she was a barn burner for sure. It was unfortunate that some of the some of the cautions were about lap thirty in the race, I think. But uh, I think it was great for us. We got we got moved out of the way a couple of times. We got shuffled back, and we let them, we let it play out just uh, just the way they they made they wrote it for themselves. So it worked out good for us, I think, that they did that. But uh, I'm happy that we just kept everyone peace mayor to the end. Show what we had, but uh, the tire situation there is just a Delaware weekly series rule. You have a tire limit, so you start the year out with eight new tires, then you had to run four weeks. Three or four, anyways, before you can put a tire on at night. So we're just we're running the Delaware Weekly rules for that for that, for that race, and then uh, APC will be we'll, we'll be able to do the APC deal for tires on. But we'll uh, 
we'll see here. I mean, originally the plan wasn't uh, wasn't to run the full Delaware Delaware season. We just we ran the first one to shake it down, kind of with a brand new race car, and get uh, get some laps in it, work all the work all the bugs out. But we promised that uh, we promised we run all the invitationals to a couple of our local sponsors here. So we definitely got uh, the Sunny Lapper, the next Sunny Lapper, and the big one at the end of the year. So there's definitely two more out of us at Delaware, and then. Uh, Definitely a tough decision here in the next four or five days if we're going to run again on Friday or not and try to run the full the full Delaware program. But it's tempting for me. I, I would love to. There's nothing, I, there's nothing I love doing in this world more than racing race cars. So there's not, like, nothing I like to do is to get more seat time. But let's just kind of play play out here and lay back and think what we can do for what the best financial decision is, maybe the best, uh, the most effective decision trying to for obviously priorities ATP series and we want to make sure we make all those races. So. We want to. We never want to jeopardize anything in, in a weekly Delaware race right, right before ATC. So it's uh, it's tough because man, the racing's competitive there right now. There's a lot of really really good cars, some new cars. Like like we said, racing against Kyle and Morno and stuff like that. It's uh, it just keeps on your toes. It's not like it used to be. It's not like uh, coming back to Delaware and kind of your more entry level guys getting their feet wet. This is full blown late model racing here, and we're racing with the best of the best. So it's great to be a part of, and uh, I'm just I'm just happy to get there and have fun when we do. Jake, uh, looking at, uh, you know, and, and it's tough to make this case now that you just went out and won the race. Uh, I want to I preface that. But, um, you know, it, there's been lots of talk, um, you know, over the past little while um, about the rules package. And, and obviously, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot here. Um, but but with the, the rules package that they have at Delaware, um, with the, the Ford versus Chevrolet package um, and the restrictors, there's been a lot of talk back and forth, even from the Chevy guys, noticing the Ford guys not having the power. Um, not necessarily not having the power, but not having the throttle response and the ability to race in traffic. Um, do you, are you happy with where the rules are at right now? Obviously, you went out and won the race. Yeah. Um, are you happy with where the rules are at right now, or or what would you what would your dream package be? Would you like to see it more along the APC rulebook? I think, I think naturally, I think it would it would make uh, a lot of sense to follow a rule package much similar to the APC series, or more similar to the APC series as when it comes to engines than it is. I think. Uh, I mean, like, like I said, that we're not we're not where we were five years ago at Delaware. We're not entry level guys coming up here at Super Stocks. There's not another 602 car out there, so I don't 100 percent understand the idea why we have the restrictor place. It's been Delaware rules, and we we all know the rules before we come there. We just respect that and follow them. So, it's uh, at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, we're not the ones making the rules, but I think if there's enough, if there's enough of us uh, signing a petition to make enough sense or something along those lines, I think that uh, we can maybe sway what's going on and it's definitely different like i've never raced a ford there until this year we ran we went the first race with a bit of a, a front-end package that we thought was gonna be a great baseline and uh, we definitely changed a lot just between just for the ford itself just because you're you're wide open for so long there junior that it's just uh it's all momentum like i mean it feels more like they telling anything else like uh, you're 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 to the floor by the time you get off the brake pedal with that floor just getting lined up so it's extremely exactly. line sensitive i find extremely line sensitive and and it's hard with the asphalt. Like you coming over the transitions there, where I heard you guys there, far as on the show talking a bit about the transition from the concrete to the asphalt now, the new stuff. And it's a big, it's a big transition. Like when you get you get to lap fifty five and you start getting tires hot, wearing out that that one inch lift there, tire starts bombing out a little bit. It makes a big difference. It's, it's twitchy. So I, I think it's a little bit more line sensitive, and I, and I and I do feel like it would be more fair to to, to enter enter the race with a with a similar rules package JTC on that as far as motors go at least not quite as much of a, of a disadvantage for us i think we had a we had a really great race car you, i think you have to look at the the ends of the corners and 
sometimes a car going through the middle of the corner really, really good can make it look like it has a lot of motor. So Absolutely. Um, that, car, that car handled really, really good, and, and it made up a little bit of lack of power. WMI, the guys at WMI there, David White and myself, all week long did a real good job making that thing turn. So um, I, I think I think if you look at the, the rest of the field, I know there's an, at least one more Ford out there, and it's definitely no slouch of a runner. So um, I think I think moving forward there might be a bit of an adjustment. I do think that would be the the proper way to go. Absolutely, and you know, just and I'm not bringing that up to throw shade at anybody. It's just it, like I had the conversation with a bunch of Chevy guys, and and they said the exact same thing. You could see it, you know, and you could still make time with the way that the rules package is, right? Like Jake Sheridan and and Josh Stoddy can make time the way that it sits. You know, I think you had the fastest lap of the race. Josh had like the fourth or fifth lap, fastest lap of the race. Um, so there, you can make. Time Time, the way that it sits, it's just as soon as you get into traffic, there's such a disadvantage that that it, it kind of outweighs it. And then once the tires start to go away, I think it's a, it's a little bit of an advantage. So, so it, what is it? it lift, kind of, lift and you lose momentum. Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. I so like there's you. less throttle response. Right? It's just you. it's it's kind of like uh, like where a weight penalty is. It, it kind of damages you all the way around the all racetrack. All the way. Yeah. It, yep. It's in this case with the restrictor, the way that it it works with the Ford is that once you lift, you're done. So it, it puts you into a box. There was times where there, you know, it, there was times where, you know, and, and I'm just spotting for Josh in this case, um, you know, where, where he should have lifted, but if, if he did, it would screw him, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it kind of paints you into a box that way. I just, it, you know, it was just a conversation that uh, I think the entire pit area is having because I think that there's, there's plenty of Fords that are sitting in shops right now because of that very reason. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they're, they're sitting on the sidelines because they, they, they're kind of watching it, you know? Well, I the argument like, to that is they had 24 cars. No, so hey, hey, they, and, they, and they got enough cars. They've got a good package. I'm yeah. not saying that they don't. Yeah, if, yeah. if they don't change a thing, there is no skin off of anybody's back. It's just I couldn't I couldn't have Jake Sheridan on the program and not talk not about it because yeah, yeah. it's it, it's something that you know is a hot button topic when you are at Delaware Speedway and and no, you're I sitting agree. there talking sitting on the wall with somebody. So and there's uh, there is no doubt like the the APC series rulebook definitely dictates how this plays out. Like we're talking a couple years behind. Like they started putting restricted plates on the Fords and APCs and giving the Chevys a weight break. Guys started shying away from from the Ford program there as well. The problem is that just guys like even Stadi and myself. Just got ourselves into the Ford because it was the way to go. Yep. Take it away. Now we got Ford stock. We got we got this. We're not. It's just hard to make a big change for for certain teams. It's harder for some teams than others to to drop everything and change engine manufacturers. So it's uh it's definitely the way to go. You'll notice even me at Friday night. You know, running the high side a lot. That's just that's just for that Ford. Really, both lines have a lot of grip, but that Ford needs to be wound up. So it definitely dictates what you do a lot. It's hard. It's very hard to lift and uh, with that Ford Delaware. And I don't. I necessarily agree with the fact that that's probably a model racing. Probably all cars are light cars, and they got enough power you to be able to move them out of the way or kind of check up and get to the third lane or move out of the way. So it definitely just adds a different aspect to what's going on. But obviously, the guys at Delaware, Luke, uh, Luke Ramsey and Daryl Thurman, those guys, uh, they all dig really hard. They do a great job, and they have they definitely have the best interest for support and definitely the best interest for growing late models at Delaware. So I respect all their decisions, and they're obviously obviously working hard as it is. So I like to see that. He is the number 52, his name Jake Sheridan. He won at Delaware Speedway Friday night, and he's with us live on Race Time Radio. The 52 car, Jake, is well decaled up. You uh, made a lot of sponsors happy on Friday night. Who have you got on there with you? Yeah, no, thanks. I really appreciate that there. It's uh, some big partners of ours. Obviously, been there for a little, little, little while now. Is uh, Cameron Crane and uh, Pride Seeds. Elliot, too, uh, DeMar Aggregates, they're big on the car this year. They really come on in a big way, and they're on the hood. And 
for the 40th anniversary, so it was really cool to see that. Vibrant Farming's been on there for a long time, and Reynolds Trucking has done a lot for me in the last couple of years, so in WMI, obviously, they uh, played a big role in my in my racing this year. So all those guys really appreciate that. I wouldn't be able to do it without them so financially, for sure, and, and emotional and uh, mental support, but obviously my family plays a big role in our racing, and we do it all family-oriented, so I, I, I like it that way, and I appreciate them a lot. You know, we always say, you know, when we have Nick on, we always we always joke around and say, yeah, say hi to Nick's brother for us. Ah. So now you went to Victory Lane. We can call, you know, we're going to call Nick Jake's brother, you know. Does, nice to go that way for a while. Yeah, you, you see that? Known, I'm going to be nice to you, bud. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you tell Nick that and, uh, you know, rub the salt in a little bit. He, <laughs> no, I preached that a lot. My whole life is pretty much uh, Ron's son, Jake, and then I became uh, Nick's, <laughs> Nick's brother, Jake. So I never really got to be known as Jake Sheridan very often, but uh, I appreciate it here tonight. <laughs> well, you, you did good, Jake, I can tell you that. And Nick looked good. He got your tires all set up. And if it ever dries out at this weekend, uh, then things will get fired off, and you know Nick's going to be on the show as a future winner, right? Absolutely, Nick. Uh, he sure we know we will be, and he works real hard. So it's really cool to see uh, see him out there with us. Now I'd really appreciate hearing him on the show for a win here in a couple another couple of weeks. Because anybody deserves it, I feel like it's him. Maybe a little bit biased, but he worked hard, and I love to see it. So. Yeah, you betcha. And Ronnie looked real good as well. What's that, Nick, Junior? Nick just sent a message oh, here on he? Facebook. Yeah. He says, "I guess you can give it to him once." Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the Nick, brotherly love. Nick is Jake's brother. Uh, Jake, I almost called you Nick. Uh, Jake, you have a good one. Thanks so much for the time tonight on Race Time, and uh, good luck making the decision on whether you go racing Friday night or hold it back to Saturday. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate that, and uh, wherever we be, we know we'll uh, we'll give it 100%, and we're just going to be happy to be there. So thanks again. Really appreciate what you guys are doing, and I hope to be talking to you here maybe uh, next week after the APC race. I got your number, buddy. All you got to do is hit victory lane. You're right back on with us. Yeah, 10-4. Sounds easy. That is Jake Sheridan. Thanks so much, Jake. Have a good one. Uh, good, great guy. Great driver. You know that is the first win of many this year. And uh, we look forward to getting Jake or even his brother Nick. Uh, of course, over on the dirt side in the sprint car world, uh, they are really struggling trying to get race number one in. Uh, but things are going to dry out. Summer weather is here. Uh, you know those guys are going to hit the track here real soon, and we'll get you some results from there as well. We're going to hit this first break. When we come back, some more about Friday night at Delaware Speedway. The Superstocks, a very familiar face in Victor Lane, the iconic number 43, Once Upon a Child, looked like the STP car, but it was Jay Dewar behind the wheel. He's going to be on Race Time Radio next. Stay with us. Hey, this is Ron Sheridan. Race Time Radio will be right back. From coast to coast, coast, you're listening to Canada Talks. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parks. Order today, race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers, get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. And by Mr. Transmission, Owen Sound. Hey, Mr. After two years of silence at Riverside International Speedway, not no more. 
D-I-W-K, 250 Super Weekend is on July 21st through the 23rd. Everything kicks off Thursday night, July 21st, with a popular tailgate party. Then on Friday night, it's the Henry's Auto Pro, Sportsman 100, and Legends. Then on Saturday, Canada's Ultimate Short Track Race, the IWK 250, July 23rd. Featuring the stars of the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour, plus a pile more from across Canada and the U.S. For camping and tickets, get to riversidespeedway.ca or join us live worldwide on racetimeradio.com. It's the IWK 250, presented by Steve Lewis. July 21st through the 23rd. Race Time Radio to go. Streaming live or on demand at racetimeradio.com. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward you stop by a napa auto parts store you can count on napa know-how tonight's race time radio is brought to you by napa auto parts stores port hawksbury new glasgow and Ganesh, nova scotia and by canadian tire motorsport park celebrating 60 years at canadian tire motorsportpark.com Chase Elliott, he gets turned into the outside wall. Yeah! Holy cow! The thrill of the race. You just never know how it's going to play out. Insider access to the drivers. We'll roll with it, we're enjoying it, we'll, we'll collect as many trophies as we can. Alright, let's go finish this thing, baby. It's a new normal. You better figure it out. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Channel 90. Thank you, you are the man! Now, a flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elper. The first Canadian artist to hit number one on the U.S. Hot 100 charts would be Winnipeg's own The Guess Who? American woman with the band's biggest song ever and their only number one there, spending three weeks at the top of the charts in May 1970. The Guess Who were later invited to play at the White House, and because it's supposed anti-American lyrics, President Richard Nixon's wife, Pat, asked that they please not play the song. Canadian Sports Trivia, here's Joe Thistle. During the 2000 NBA All-Star festivities, the Toronto Raptors' Vince Carter exploded to win the dunk contest with a series of moves including a through-the-leg slam. Carter's air show was a defining moment for basketball in Canada, putting the Raptors and the entire country on the map. A championship now in the books, Canada has become a hotbed for NBA talent, and it was Vince Carter flying through the air that started it all. Canadian Sports Trivia. Taking you all the way to the track and back. It's Race Time Radio. Sirius XM 167. Now, here's Joe. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio, all live on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. And hello to everybody out there on our Facebook page. We're live on there as well as racetimeradio.com. Sure glad that everybody could tune in live tonight. Friday night action at Delaware Speedway uh, was it was a dynamite night. 
Uh, watched it all live on Rogers. Uh, great job done by uh, by Chris. He did a fantastic job, as the crew did, with all the pictures uh, that were flashing out. Uh, real happy to see the Super Stocks on track. Good car count. And uh, there was one iconic paint job out there that I picked out right away. And I went, Junior, look at that. It looks like the SDP car. And uh, uh, lo and behold, Jay Dewart, the number 43 behind the wheel. And man, did he have that car flying on Friday night. He joins us now on Race Time Radio. What's going on, Jay? It's been too long, buddy. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys? It has been too long, Joe. You good to talk to you. You betcha. Man, uh, you got that car not only looking good, but you got that thing working good. Uh, it worked real good on Friday night, brother. It did. It did. Uh, my friends at Fast Signs, longtime sponsors of ours, really got it pretty. We wanted to do a memorial thing for my um, late uncle, who's really the reason we, we run the 43. And we never ran a, a petty scheme before, so we thought we're, a career's winding down here. Maybe it's time to do a petty scheme. So... Hopefully that's going to bring us more luck. Um, it was great to park it there on Friday night, and hopefully we can do that a couple more times this year. You well, wheel it like that. The, that career is not getting shorter, my friend. Uh-uh, no way. <laughs> I, I watched you. You had way too much fun Friday night for that career to shorten up. We did. We had a blast. And uh, a couple new guys on the crew haven't won in a lot of years. Uh, one guy has never been to Victory Lane, so it was a pretty proud moment to get them there finally. We really worked our, our butts off the past two weeks to get that car a little quicker. I'm struggling with the you know the differences. Been in late models for so long. These are different to drive. It's a different line around that place than one of these. And uh, we're getting more comfortable and it's you know it's hard to complain about Friday, but we still have we still have some work to do to get her a little quicker. So you can go a little bit faster, Jay. You think you still got a little bit more in the tank that you guys can uh, get, can squeeze out of the forty three? Do you? We have a we have a couple ideas. You know, um, a couple nuances that I'm just not quite happy with yet. But we'll work on it and get it there, and uh, just get her cutting in the center a little bit better than it was. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's a long season, and we'll stick it out. So the plan right now, then, Jay, uh, you're, we're going to see you Friday night at Delaware Speedway. That's probably a given. Uh, do you got plans to run the Superstock Series, the APC Series, sir? Uh, at this point, we're just focusing strictly on Delaware. We're going to run the two quick work shows at Delaware. Um, just budget, time-wise, uh, business is really busy. It's hard to get away. and you know, these cars are, are, are no less time-consuming to keep maintained, so it's, uh, it's, it's just a time thing right now, and focus is Delaware for this year. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Focus in, and uh, you would be the kind of guy that likes running for championships. Hey, you're a Lucas Oil Sportsman Cup champion. I remember that quite well. Uh, and so it's something that, uh, that, that you know how to do, Jay. Uh, not only win races, but you know how to big picture race, too. Well, that is the goal. We uh, we set a lofty goal 28 years ago now of 50 feature wins. We're sitting at 47. So we want to get those three as the main main goal. And then the championship, if it falls into place, it falls into place. I, I'm not a huge fan of points racing, but we'll, we'll get through the season as long as we can get to tech most nights and see where we're at with a few weeks to go. We'll, uh, maybe we'll switch into championship points mode. But for now, it's about getting those three features so we can accomplish that. What we thought was an extremely lofty, unreachable goal like I say, 28 years ago, but we're so close now, it's, let's try and get those 50 wins. 
Jay, uh, over the last couple of years, we've seen a, a resurgence of sorts um, and kind of a shuffling of the deck uh, when it comes time for late model guys into super stock. You know, you look at, uh, and I'm going to list some names here, but uh, Jason Parker, uh, you know, you look at Dwayne Baker uh, over at Sunset Speedway. Of course, he's in late model still, and, 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 um, uh, but, but he built a super stock last year. Um, you look at, uh, at guys like, um, yourself, uh, Pete Vanderwist, um, you know, there, there's a bunch of names that, uh, spent some time or spent a lot of years behind the wheel of a late model and now have stepped into the super stocks. Uh, and we're seeing the competition level at an all time high, um, out of the super stock division. Um, what is attractive to you mainly about the super stocks and, and are you like, you have to be having fun with, with, uh, with everything going to victory lane, but are, are you impressed by the level of competition that you're up against in the super stocks? Absolutely. And, you know, obviously I can't speak for all of those names, but you're right. Like a lot of guys for whatever reasons, like, you know, myself, it was a mainly a financial thing. And, and I think as a race car driver and a race team, you always want to compete against the best and, you know, see where you stack up. And as you say, there's so much talent. I mean, the super stocks at Delaware are, in my opinion, as deep talent-wise as the late models. Yep. So you're still, you know, that level of competition still there. That It's a new challenge for me. I've never raced anything with Leaf Springs before other than the handful of times I ran our Thunderstock on Dirt at Oshwegan. Uh, I, again, I you know I can't speak for everybody, but I just like to challenge myself and my team and learn new things. And but you're right, the, the level of competition in Superstocks, especially at Delaware and the Quickwick Series, is is through the roof, top shelf. So if you can win with these guys, you know, it's, in my opinion, it's no different than winning in a late model. Yeah, and they, they look they look very very close to a late model. Any fan that is a let, let's call them a new fan that comes out to watch uh, at, at Delaware Speedway on Friday night. It would be pretty hard to tell the difference. Now, I know there was uh, the 15 car was uh, a Thunder car looking machine, beautiful looking right. race car. Uh, yeah. Didn't look like a late model, but, you know, you take your car, Jay, and you take uh, a look at any of those, I don't know, top 10 guys, and they do look like a late model. Uh, it, describe the difference for that fan that may just be uh, brand new to the uh, to racing. Uh Tell them what, what what's it like. You've driven both successfully. What does the difference uh, feel like in between the two cars? Well, the big thing, you know, I, I heard you talking to Jake Sheridan there earlier, and you know, he's struggling with his momentum issues with the with the plate and on those motors. And and these little six hundred two engines, they're they are they're a momentum car. You need to keep the momentum up, keep the speed up. If you if you get choked off at all, it takes a while to wind your back up. Um, the smaller tire, we're on an eight inch treaded tire, so. You know, as you guys know, you're only as good as your tire patch or horsepower to the track. So they, they, they're a handful. I'd like to look at it like, I don't have a lot of experience in one yet, but, uh, you know, a couple weeks of practice and two race nights now. They're like a cross between a, a sportsman car and a late model. They fall somewhere in between. They're a lot of fun to drive. Uh, you you got a wheeler out there. You're working. I'll tell you, I was hot and wore out after that 50-lapper on, on Friday. Uh, they're, they're, just a, they're just a lot of fun to drive and, you know. Did you keep your foot right to the rug? Like, how long are you off the gas, on the brake, and then back on the gas? Is there, there's probably not a lot of time there that you're not on the throttle. No, there's not. And again, to the tire situation, you kind of, kind of, you have to kind of let it roll the center a little more than in a late model. You can kind of, as soon as you're off the brake pedal, you're back to the kitchen on the throttle. 
where the super stock, it seems there's a, you know, two, three tenths delay there. You got to let it cut the center before you get right back to the kitchen. But, uh, yeah, momentum, momentum. Really, it's not that long ago um, where we would see times like this um, in a in a top ten to mid pack late model at Delaware Speedway. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, it, you know, when yeah. you look at at the speed of of these super stocks now, um, uh, Vanderwist was was P one in qualifying with a twenty point zero two five. Now yeah. you know when you think about it, um, the the night of the Kyle Busch race at Delaware Speedway, the first one. Um, I think DJ got the pole with an 18.6, and that was unheard of, right? Like, that was absolutely unheard of at Delaware Speedway. They were always in the 19s, in, you know, 19.3 to 19.5 was kind of like a normal time back then. So, really, you think about the where the late model class was at that point. That was the heyday of late models at Delaware Speedway. Um, and, and, you know, there was 25 to 30 cars every single night. Um, and you know, they were up in that range of 19.3 to 19.5. And, you know, you look at, at these times and they're 20.025 for Pete, uh, Verhoeven was P2 with a 20.117. Um, you know, the, the speed and the comparable, they're, they're very comparable. You're only, you know, a a half a, half a 10th off or sorry, a half a second off of where, you know, the prolates now the prolates are way faster now. Right, they've sped up as well, um, but uh, it, it's it's absolutely incredible to see um, the the progression of the super stock division at, at Delaware and and really everywhere else as well. You know, you look at Sunset Speedway, you look at at uh, you know when when they do get uh, off the ground, um, when the super stock guys join in the United Eights at Sobel, it's the same type of deal, right? Sure. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've got the ability to race with the limited late models and those types of things. So it's uh, it, it is definitely cool to see. Jay Dewar, I know that you had a blast. Your car looks absolutely fantastic. I know the pictures look great in Victory Lane. For everybody who hasn't seen it, when you go to Delaware Speedway, you won't miss it because it's a gorgeous race car. And uh, it was a lot of fun to watch you uh, watch you get out there and get it, bud. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Like I said, Fast Lines just did an amazing job. I basically gave him a picture, two pictures, and said, if you could make it look something like this, that'd be fantastic. And, and they hit it out of the, out of the park for sure. Uh, they nailed it. Tell us about your car, Jay, the 43 that you've got under the, uh, underneath you. Give us a little history on that chassis. Is this a brand-new race car for you? So it's the car that Pete Vanderweese drove last year that he leased from Mike. And uh, mid-season last year, we, we decided we were going to make the switch to Superstock. So we started watching two cars, uh, that the 7 car, which was my car now, his car last year, and the old 3 car that Ray Morneau drove. And, you know, Pete's aggressive, and he went to the back a few times for um, misbehaving, I guess. Okay. And we, we watched him come back through the field over and over again. And I finally said to the guys, I think that's the car we want. So yeah. I went to Mike and said... Anybody, any interest in that car yet? Oh, Jay, don't curse it. It's not for sale yet. And I said, okay, no. well, can you put me on the top of the list? When it is, give me a call. And then at the end of the year when Pete decided to have a new one built to run this year, uh, Mike called me and said, well, your car is here ready for you. And uh, we set up a meeting, and next thing you know, it was in my shop. Yeah, the rest is history. And look at that. You end up, Jay Dewar, in victory lane at Delaware Speedway on Friday night. Sponsorship on that car, no, it plays a key role. Who you got on there? Once Upon a Child still with you? Of course, yeah. Once Upon a Child, Plato's Closet, um, Fast Signs again with the the vinyl package, uh, A1 Window and Doors, Hello Beautiful Distribution and Sales, Milkshake Hair Products, um, Pilkey Auto Sales, 
all my guys. I mean, it, it takes an army to get this done, and uh, I'm thankful for all of it. Don't change a thing, buddy. Don't change a thing. I'd uh, love to get you back on Race Time Radio. Keep going. Get some more wins. Uh, get out there. I know you're going to be a tough competitor out there, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Hope to get you back on, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Jay Dewar, number 43. Uh, you can catch him at Delaware Speedway. Always all awesome to watch in that car. Uh, very competitive field of super stocks and uh, only going to get better when the series all fires off. And uh, that's going to be coming up. Flamborough Speedway next weekend. It will be those APC cars and the quick, quick cars, uh, both on the racetrack at the same night. Uh, you don't want to miss it. We're going to hit a quick break when we come back. Another guy, uh, another double win for J.R. Fitzpatrick in the number 84 Flamborough Speedway is where he got it done. We'll find out how next live here on Race Time Radio. Hi, race fans. I'm Al Baki from the Saskatoon Stock Car Racing Association. You're listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, 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 to coast you're listening to Canada Talks. To Canada Talks. No one else, only you. Mr. Never Say Die. Your eight-year-old car running like new? That's all you. And your friend, Mr. Transmission. Transmissions, that's their specialty. Over 350 different types, making Mr. Transmission Canada's undisputed transmission and technology expert. Book your free multi-check inspection at your local Mr. Transmission to keep it running smoothly. How long will your car last? As long as you want it to. Thanks to your friend. Hey, Mr. Now, a flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elper. The first Canadian artist to hit number one on the U.S. Hot 100 charts would be Winnipeg's own The Guess Who, American woman with the band's biggest song ever and their only number one there, spending three weeks at the top of the charts in May 1970. The Guess Who were later invited to play at the White House, and because it's supposed anti-American lyrics, President Richard Nixon's wife, Pat, asked that they please not play the song. Lead singer of Great Big C, Alan Doyle. There's a song on the, the, on the record called Back to the Harbor, which is the title track that I actually sing with my dad. And then the one you made reference to, the Back Home on the Island, is, is one of the songs that really I, I always reference it as an old Ron Hines, a famous Newfoundland songwriter song, but it was, the words could have been spoken out of my father or or my uncle's mouth, you know, it's like a, it's just it's one of those perfect paintings. Sirius XM Channel 167. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Epic Racewear. Look, feel, be epic at epicracewear.ca. Now, a flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elper. Rush holds a special place in our hearts and in the record books. 
They've sold more than 40 million copies around the world. They have a star in the Hollywood Rock of Fame, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and officers of the Order of Canada. And they've released 24 gold records and 14 platinum albums, placing them fifth for the most consecutive gold or platinum studio albums by any rock band. From the high banks of Daytona to the snow banks in Canada, we cover it all. Ooh, that's going to be the mark. And now, back to the Joes. Hey, shake and bake, Cal. Woo, shake and bake. Here on Race Time Radio. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio, all live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks, live on our Facebook and live on racetimeradio.com. Uh, if you're watching the Coke 600 how about it? That Napa car out front. Yeah, Chase Elliott, I uh, believe, was leading when I just checked there. Still lots to go in that race. Uh, but, Junior, we're uh, that quite a, uh, we've got some people tuned in on Facebook there. Who you got? Yeah, there's uh, it's it's a great list. We've got uh, uh, lots of uh, lots of returning. We got Steve Shaw Jr. He said hello, guys. Steve, uh, Gary Calling, of course. Gary, I, I, I shot him a little note back. I Did said, you? I've heard from you a little bit too much the last couple days. <laughs> I, of course, he was race director last night. He did the drivers' meeting. Uh, of course, he's the greeter at the back gate when you when you get there. Gary Calling is everywhere when you go to Flamborough, and then and then it, for both races that I spotted for, he was the the control guy on on the on the mic so was he my lord i've heard a lot was of he yelling calling. at you at oh all? he yells at everybody does he <laughs> he's just angry all the time good good gary yeah, give I'm it to kidding. him he's he's great dude yeah but uh christina hussey uh she said uh how did you guys come up with race time radio that's an interesting question how did we uh, yeah it's uh well it's been a long time ago that was 16 years ago actually yep. and uh i was the one that came up with the name race time radio I said, what time is it? Well, it's race time. Yep. I said, look at that. That'd be a great name. And uh, Eric with a K uh, really got upset because he's race line radio. Thought we were trying to steal his thunder, I guess. Yep. But we didn't. It's race time, which is totally different than line. Yep. But anyway, I digress. Keep going. Yeah. Great, great, great question, Christina. Thanks, Christina. Um, Murray Groob. Uh, he, uh, uh, Super Stocks with a six, 602 crate. Okay, so this is going back to um, uh, the interview with Jay Dewar. Yes. Uh, Super Stocks with a 602 crate are 25 pounds lighter this year. Ah. Uh, didn't realize that. Uh, Kent Corbett out there Kent. in Pick Two County. There you go. Uh, Nova Scotia. He's listening in. He said, hello. You'll be getting guys. ready for the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour. Getting back on track this coming weekend, I believe, at Petty International Raceway. And then Kent going to be real happy because Riverside fires up the weekend Absolutely. after that. Um, I seen this guy at Delaware Speedway on Friday night. Uh, got a chance to uh, – I've been there a couple times this year and, and hadn't got a chance to talk to him. Um, but uh, uh, on Friday night there, got a chance to catch up with him. Lloyd Rawlings. Lloyd. Uh, yeah. I, Did he get fries yeah, on the way home Friday I, night? I, well, the car was straight. He was happy and uh, – uh, he was definitely, uh, he, he was, you were just loading up the car. So they don't make it much better that, than Lloyd, I'll they guarantee don't, you. His whole family, just a, a great bunch. Um, 
uh, Lawrence Hopper's watching it. Hey, Lawrence. Lots of uh, Cole Quentin is is now tuned in. So hi, oh. Cole. Um, just uh, hello to everybody tuned in out there. We got uh, a bunch. Make sure you guys share. Uh, just share the link and uh, pass it along to your friends um, that uh, that. You know that we're we're live right now on Facebook and hello out there. Well, I got to remind everybody too. If you do not have Sirius XM satellite radio, you yep. really should have. But it is uh, a free view, absolutely free view time right now until June the sixth. So if you do have a Sirius XM in your car, make sure you crank it on. Make sure you tune it in to channel one sixty seven Canada Talk. Once you have it, you'll never go back. No. I kid you not. I, I, I a, love it. I did a ton of driving this weekend, and I, in my work vehicle, I don't have um, Sirius XM, which ah. um, I was driving back and forth, and uh, um, man, I missed it. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. You, you got to have uh, it. You know, you're, you're driving between counties, and, and uh, you know, you lose your radio station, and then you got to find another one. That's it's just right. A, well, especially you guys in the NASCAR Penny series, right? You're driving Absolutely. from here to Quebec, or and that's what I found when we covered in 2010, we covered the full NASCAR Canadian Tire Series. Sue and I went to every single race. And I can't tell you how much it means to have Sirius XM. And you put on one channel and you got it till, you know, you can have it there and all the way home. Uh, and it was awesome. I loved listening to Sirius NASCAR radio and listening to the different shows throughout the course of the week. And of course, every live race, every race, that is in the top three of NASCAR is live on uh, Sirius XM. Um, every one of the races are live on radio. Not everybody has got four hours to dedicate to sit down in front of their television set. I'd much rather listen on the radio than watch it on TV uh, when it comes time for a long race. So um, it, it's kind of cool. Lo- love Sirius XM. And if you don't have it, now's your chance to check it out. And believe you me, you start listening, you're going to want to keep it all the time. And it's priced, right? Uh, For what you get, uh, you don't want to miss it. So uh, give yourself a shot and try Sirius XM today. What do you got, Junior? Anybody else? Yeah. um, Anything else? Yeah. I I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Tim Norris. Um, Tim, yes. Our thoughts are with Tim. Yeah. So Tim um, went... uh, uh, to victory lane um in race number one of the pro challenge um and a touching tribute man uh the uh his son and and as well i do believe it's his daughter um and i i just caught the tail end of it um he, he unfortunately lost his dad yes um, we heard at that seven thirty a.m uh on race day and all three of them still made it to the track that was what they did yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, they, they made it to the track that night and, and, uh, both of them ended up in victory lane. So, uh, the 17 and, and, uh, as well, Tim in, in the black number 88. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely our thoughts and prayers are out with you and, and, uh, um, you know, congrats on getting out there and getting in victory lane. Yeah. Tim and Kathy, uh, they do a great job and they always have with the Ontario pro challenge series and, um, Tim's great driver and now a race director at Flamborough Speedway. Uh, looking forward to getting down to Flamborough and seeing some of my pals down there, John and Frank Caselli and uh, everybody down there, Gary. Yeah, um, you know, miss miss everybody. Got to get down there. Uh, is that where you're going next weekend? 
yeah, next weekend I'll be at Flamborough uh, for uh, the Quick Quick, um, the Quick Quick Superstock race, and then as well uh, in the uh, APC series for Josh Stoddy. Uh, Going to be spotting for those guys, and uh, uh, by the sounds of it, I'll be spotting for Rick Verburn, I believe, um, in the uh, Superstock race, and then as well the 17 of Stoddy in the in the late model. So. It'll wow! Be, yeah. Is will he not that the thirty three car? Is he going to run? Roy. I haven't heard from Roy if he's going to run or if he's running for points at Flamborough or what the what the plan is, um, one way or the other. Um, I'll be spotting in the Superstock. <laughs> I don't know for who yet. Yeah, uh, you can't spot I, for more I, than I, one. You can't. You can't. You definitely can't. Be a little um, hard to keep your eye on both. But uh, yeah, definitely. It was a great weekend. I tell you what, I'm wore out. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're yawning up a storm. Or up keep, a storm man. Keeping you awake you're or what? Keeping me awake, man. It was uh, it was quite the weekend. It was yeah. uh, you know quite 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 a lot of racing between. Uh, you know, you, you you think back to yesteryear and guys would do that, right? They would race three, four times a week, and yeah. and still have a full time job. And and uh, now you just wonder how they did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, they did it. And yeah, no, well, a lot of fun. Uh, uh, we've got a busy hour or two coming up. Uh, we're going to kick it off with J.R. Fitzpatrick. I was going to get him before the top of the hour, but then we would have to shortchange him and carry him over. So yeah. I thought, ah, we just take J.R. It's only going to be a few minutes, and we're going to have him up on the hotline. We'll talk to him about the 84. Sounds like he had a rocket under him last night, Junior. You were there. Uh, you guys came away with the second and a third place. What were they? Two fifty lap races. Thirty five. So Thirty five. They were supposed to be twenty fives, and and because they had such a good car count, they actually extended it by ten. Any inversion? Uh, yeah. So there was uh, there was an inversion. Um, I believe Jr. drew a seven. Seven. Well, we'll check with them here. Yeah, I believe it was a seven. So he, yeah, because he started seventh in the second one, we started sixth. So we finished second. It was a seven. And uh, so in the first race, um, it was draw for position. Mm. Um, I think we drew a 10. Uh, JR drew a 12. So he started 12th yeah. in the first one. And uh, they got jacked up, uh, you know, at the beginning of the race and, uh, you know, opened up some holes. And, and they made it to the front very quickly, both Josh and, um, and, and JR. Um, and they put on a battle. So it'll be fun to talk to JR <laughs> about that. Um, and, and it'll be a lot of fun to talk to JR about uh, about the, the car that he had. He was just a rocket ship out there. Well, we got Jake Sheridan, or Jake Sheridan, Jake Hooker coming up as well. He won in his dirt late model at Ontario, uh, Ontario Motor Speedway. And we will hear from uh, Rory Smith, driver of 16, all the way out in BC, he won the 125, uh, and we're going to catch up with Rory tonight on the show. But we're going to throw it back to Toronto right now, get you up to date on some news and highlights that you may have missed over the first hour. Takes 90 seconds, and then we're right back with you. And the number 84, J.R. Fitzpatrick, should be with us on the other side of the break. So uh, don't go anywhere. We will be back with our number two. Uh, that Coke 600 still running on the track. Got a little flame going on pit road right now. Uh, maybe some fuel spill, but we will be back with you for hour two. Stay with us live tonight on Race Time Radio Series XM Channel 167. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM Channel 167. Race Time Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. 
Also by the Wooden Door Bistro. Got all Chase Elliott. He gets turned into the outside wall. Holy cow! The thrill of the race. You just never know how it's going to play out. Insider access to the drivers. We'll roll with it. We're enjoying it. We'll, we'll collect as many trophies as we can. It's a new normal. Better figure it out. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. Thank you. You are the man. <laughs> With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167, where Canada talks. And just like that, hour two begins all live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We go back to the hotline now, and we welcome in a guy that is, uh, well, he's uh, two for three so far in 2022. He won night number one. He took a weekend uh, where he didn't win, and the 89 of uh, Sean Chenoweth won, and uh, J.R. Fitzpatrick did not want that to happen again. He goes out and waxes the field last night at Flamborough Speedway with the 84. He joins us now on the hotline. What's going on tonight there, J.R.? How are you? I'm doing good. Actually, I'm four for uh, five this year. Ah, four for five. You see that? Now I'm slipping. Uh, so <laughs> oh, you're counting double features, though. Yeah, of course, of course. You got to count all the checkers, Joe. And ah. technically, technically, you're four for four at Flamborough Speedway. That's a better stat, isn't it? That's yeah, true. I like that one better. Yeah, that one's a better stat. So you're batting a thousand then. <laughs> Only at Flamborough, though. Only at Flamborough. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You, you, you got to deduct Sunset now. Well, you were looking good at Sunset <laughs> too, I yeah, might add, uh, until the closing laps. Uh, but yeah. I, I digress. Let's talk Flamborough Speedway, shall we? Uh, Jr. Two first place finishes for you last night. The '84 was on rails. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really good. Like I said, we went there geez, about a month ago now, and uh, just really trying to get used to the car because I, I I got a practice, I believe, on it, and I decided that we should probably go race to get a, a real practice. So we ended up winning those nights, and then we just kind of learned from everything we did the first night there, and quite simple when we offloaded that thing uh on saturday afternoon there it was it was just a, a flat out rocket i mean i had the old tires on and i didn't know what to expect and it was fast and we uh put our scuffs on for the feature and it was, went even faster so i mean you got to be happy with that so did you go congratulate teddy McAllister and say good boy teddy you got me hooked yeah i mean i think the whole team definitely had a good effort and uh hey the car was definitely on rail uh, that's what you wanted to do, Jr. Especially ahead of race number two coming up in the APC series, it does show up to Flamborough Speedway next Saturday night. Uh, kind of a good idea to be on rails heading into that. Now it's a hundred laps versus two thirty-five lap dashes. Uh, what are the thoughts heading into a hundred laps at Flamborough Speedway versus the two thirty-fives? Um. Well, you know, the tour is always going to be tough, right? But all the tour guys that were there last night are who I would expect to be in the top three and five anyway. So we had good comparison last night for the competition that was there. I believe there were 17 or 18 late models there, which was great. 
Um, and uh, and simply the racing was great. I think that's what you're going to see next week in APC. Uh, some good side by side racing, uh, good hard racing, and and I think our car just kept getting better and better and better. I mean, there was a point where when I got out front, I just kind of relaxed a little and just took it a little easier because I didn't want a caution come out and me burn my stuff up. But I felt my car was getting better and better. The first race had a bit of a stagger issue, um, but the second one it was just flat out hooked up. So uh, it is supposed to get warmer through the week here. I don't know what the long-range forecast is on whether it's going to be hot next weekend, whether it's going to be cool. Last night would have been comparatively cool, I guess you would say. Uh, would have been conducive to a fast race car, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's cool, but, I mean, it was, it was definitely perfect weather. I mean, the, the track was awesome. It had lots of grip. And uh, produce good racing, obviously some good power. Anytime you get some cold air in there, and but really, even if it does warm up a little, we don't race till normally eight or nine o'clock in the tour, so it should cool down a little bit. And I really do believe uh, if it doesn't rain, like the the track condition will be very similar to what we had last night, and and not just for the drivers, but for the fans. I mean, it would be a really good race to watch. Now, qualifying. Are you going to put big emphasis into qualifying when we get to Flamborough next Saturday night? Or does that really, you know, does it really matter? Like, uh, I believe Saturday night, uh, just last night, you started 12th in the one race. And uh, what did you say, 7th, Junior, in the second race? Is qualifying a big deal when it comes time for the Tour? I mean, the qualifying points are are no longer, so... I think now it just comes to bragging rights. You want to be the guy they say quick time. So, uh, in in practice, I don't think anybody ever really focused on qualifying trim anymore. But hey, man, when that qualifying green flag comes out, we're all gunning for it. We're all driving our butts off to to brag for about an hour before the race starts. So I really think that's what everybody's just going to shoot for is the bragging rights. But everybody on the tour is getting smarter and, and working on long run stuff, and and it showed there was some great cars there last night and and i think you've seen the if i'm not mistaken i believe the tour guys are pretty much up front last night so um good equipment good good teams good cars it's always going to produce good racing yeah definitely jr obviously uh you know we've seen uh uh some i'm still not happy with you <laughs> <laughs> You, you never you will never, be. You, you never. You never. You never had. You never had. You weren't in there yet. You weren't in there yet. It was. Now this must be an inside thing here. Was uh, w- w- no. Was not inside. It's, w- everybody watched it. Were you? Were you clear or were you not clear? We were clear. It, it was. It for, for me. I knew. So I was on the inside of Josh. We had a really good battle for the lead there for probably what ten laps and. I kept getting to his left rear bumper, and, and I didn't, in my helmet, I usually, like, yell about stuff, and it wasn't about Josh, believe me, it was about who I knew was in the spotter stand. <laughs> we had a we had a conversation offline today, and we were talking about defensive driving, and he goes, not that defensive. <laughs> I know was, what you were thinking. You were was, thinking, Burger King Deep. That's what you were thinking, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what that's it took. It. That's what it took. You threw it in there, Burger King yeah. Deep, and as soon as you got in there, you had the lane. Hey man, it was it was honestly great racing between you two, and and I honestly think that it would have been um, great racing between Steckley in the first one. Steckley in the second one didn't quite have the car. You guys battled it out, uh, you know, hard. Um, it was funny because the three of you never were on the exact same 
this, the exact same page. You know, where where there was one lights out good car, and there was there was two cars that were like slightly off. You know, um, yeah. you obviously had a good car for for both, um, and but you've also got a million laps around that joint. So when you look at that, the comparison, um, I think when when we get there for the tour, I think you're right, Jr. We're going to see something that we haven't seen at Flamborough for quite some time because I think there's going to be probably 15 cars there that are going to be kind of all in that same bubble. And and that's not new for the APC series, but it is new at Flamborough Speedway for the APC series. I think, you know, over the past couple of years, there's been a couple of favorites. But I think that when we roll back in there with the Tour, I think this is going to be the most evenly matched race that Flamborough has seen in quite some time. Um, it, out of the out of that top fifteen group, and and I don't think that there could be somebody that could be you know nailed down as the complete favorite, but I think that that experience is going to be king uh, when it comes time for for APC race number two. Yeah, it's, Flamborough is one of the top three toughest tracks to go to, just because straightaways are long, both corners are different, the banking is different, and and if you do a comparison like Sunset Speedway, okay, like. The guys that are good at sunset, when we go there, they're really good at sunset. Yep. You know? um, I th- if I'm not mistaken, uh, two of the top three that finished on the podium of the first race have been full-time sunset guys. So, Correct. Um, but the tour guys are catching up. You know, I, I think uh, Shea Gemmel finished second at sunset. I finished fourth, was running second. You know, had a good. I was going to be second, caution come out. So the tour guys are catching up. So it's no different than going to Flamborough this coming weekend. Yeah, in the early ages of the tour, I believe home track advantage played a big dividend at Flamborough, but guys are catching up. Guys are catching up at Sunset. So you're right. It's hard to clamp down a favorite. Obviously, I'd like to consider myself a favorite, but I'm agreeing with you. I believe that there's, geez, there's got to be 10 for sure, 15 guys that that you can say, hey, they got a shot. And I I think that's why we all do this. We're not in to make money. We're in it for the competition. And, and, And lately... Competition's there, man. There's a lot of stout equipment, and uh, hey, it's it's a blast. I, I definitely riding the high side of the wave right now, but next next week is when it gets a little tougher. We're with J.R. Fitzpatrick. He goes to Victory Lane twice. Last night at Flamborough Speedway, two thirty-five lab features for the late models. J.R. He did them both. He won them both. Uh, J.R. When you take a look at that series race, uh, and, and you know, like. Uh, the the time that you've got at Flamborough Speedway should pay dividends. If I'm I'm don't have to step out too far on a limb here and say that the 84 has got to be the favorite for the Flamborough race. But how much uh, how much did it take for you to turn your head on Friday night and not go to Delaware and run the 75 lap or the 70 lap race there, citing the same thing? When the tour goes to Delaware, you need the, the, the numbers, and so far you haven't got any there. Well, that's not true. I won a great Canadian race. No, no, I mean this year. This year on the new asphalt. Oh, I was going to say, but in all fairness, I only won that because everybody ran out. <laughs> but uh, but I, I know what you're saying. So, like, believe me, I was sitting at home saying, man, like, I know exactly where we put the lead. I know I have a plate here somewhere, and... You know, you get a couple guys ask if I'm going, but it's, it's, it just comes down to one of those things is where's your focus? I mean, I have one car. My focus right now is the tour, just plain and simple. And, and it made more sense for me, uh, you know, looking at the team, 
the finance side of it, and just the what ifs. You know, like I would rather do a race at Flamborough and get wrecked in the second one, knowing I learned something, than going to Delaware, get wrecked, and trying to get ready for Flamborough a week later. So yeah, been down that road. I kind of don't want to get my mind too messed up on on all these races that are happening, but. I'll go to Delaware probably the week before the APC race, like we did here at Flamborough, and and build a notebook. Um, the the weight is pretty substantial difference, and they run a restrictor plate, so you're still getting track time. I don't know how much you're learning, but you're still getting track time, and that's very important, especially when competition's getting tighter. Absolutely. Uh, looking at uh, you know, obviously you've been you've been very vocal, you know, uh, this year. Um, about your transition back to Mike McCall and, and to uh, the program that McCall Racing Enterprises has put underneath you uh, for this season. Um, uh, over the course of, you know, uh, your, your APC career, um, uh, over the course of that, you've, you've been with different manufacturers, you've had different, you, you've tried different things, you've went out on an island, you've came back into the beach, I guess you could say, uh, and, then, and then you've, you've kind of, you've, you've sourced around and you've you've got a chance to really look at the landscape of, of the different manufacturers out there. What is the main difference this year? Where's the speed coming from on on your side of things? Is it just a collective of all the little things, or 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 it, do you do you feel that it just fits your driving style? What what is the difference? I mean, I feel uh, that could be a two part answer. I mean, I feel I feel very confident where I'm at. I feel like. You know, if we're, if we're talking about setup stuff and they tell me that we need to try this, I'm confident with that decision. And 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 they just have an outstanding notebook. And, and I feel um, the new cars, I'm giving good feedback to make cars better collectively for everyone. Yep. So uh, it makes me feel good knowing that I have a bit of experience and I can come and I can help. Like, I just give good feedback on stuff and... And, and we're making, like I said, collectively everyone better. So all McCall cars are getting faster, and, and it's a group effort. But at the same time, you still want to hold stuff tight to your note or to your chest, rather. And and I don't know, like, everybody just has a different opinion on stuff, right? And to be honest, I'm just trying to keep it simple, and, and that's what we're doing. And, and even in all the tests and all the races I've done, we've been fast and, and, and consistent. And, and we're not fast on lap one or two, like, Usually we're fast on later stages of the race, and and uh, that's all I can ask for. I mean, like I said, sunset we we missed it by like two psi on the tire pressure. I mean, we were just uh, too low, so it just took about ten to fifteen laps to get going. And, and when that last caution came out, I just knew I was like, oh crap, you know, like just got to hang on. So, um, but all in all, I'm I'm just confident and happy, and and I just feel it's just one of those environments I just fit right in perfectly. Well, watch out, Rick Spencer Waltz got that thirty-one all shined up. Uh, he is going to be gunning for absolutely everybody, as so many of the competitors will be uh, this coming Saturday night at Flamborough Speedway. Jr., uh, congratulations on the double win, the success so far, and uh, we look forward to getting the winner on next week here. Maybe it'll be you, kid. Well, you know, I'll be trying everything I can because. Uh... 
I enjoy talking to you, Joe Senior, Joe Junior. We're still not we're not getting along. <laughs> you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get that second channel on your radio, and you know Joe is on it, so that you can just flick over there, oh. give a piece of your mind, and then go back to your channel and that, go back yeah, to your race. That would just be yeah, pure all, cuss words. All, all Joe Junior would hear was beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> I went down to him. I, w- I went down to him after the race, and I said, "Hey, man, great, great." And he goes, "I don't want to hear it." Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the cool part you guys have known each other since you were like five years old that's right uh just too much fun (laughs) jr congratulations uh thanks so much for the time on race time we genuinely appreciate it buddy awesome thanks guys and hopefully talk to you next week you want to believe it jr fitzpatrick always a great guest here on race time you know you mentioned it joe he has been with a lot well probably all the different manufacturers of a late model car how about the collective knowledge that the guy got uh, yeah, no, from, from having all of those different manufacturers and understanding he and, uh, well, his whole team, but I always sort of center out Teddy McAllister because he's one of those common denominators that has been there since JR was a kid. Uh, you wheel in all of that experience uh, with, with all of they've got, not to take anything from McCall, because they got a bunch of really fast race cars, but to have all of the knowledge, I don't think there's too many other guys that can be like JR and say, well, yeah, I've had, you know, all the different flavors, and here's why I'm doing so well. Well, a guy like JR Fitzpatrick is, an, is not just a customer to a guy like Mike McCall. He's an asset, oh, right? Yeah. So, Big so time. When, you, when you become a chassis builder, whether you're David White, whether you're Mike McCall, whether you're uh, Hamke Racecars, it doesn't matter yep. who it is. Uh, when you get a guy that uh, is devoted, like what a guy like or a team like JR Fitzpatrick and Fitzpatrick Motorsports, when you get a team like that, they're, they're, it's a complete asset for, for building your notebook, yeah. Uh, for for proving things, right? It, a guy like Jr. is a guy that you can really test stuff out with and see if it works, right? So you might <laughs> yeah, have yeah. a theory, um, and you might have a really fast young kid um, with with a decent budget that can go win races. But that youngster might not be the best place to try out a new geometry setup or or or, or a new bump spring package, you know. A guy like JR, you can really test it, and he can feel that difference of 25 pounds here or 15 pounds there or, or 2 degrees or, yeah. you know, or what 5 that degrees. Little, what that what little that, adjustment did. What that little adjustment did and, and what it did for the long run, for the short run. And nobody is correct. I don't care if you're I don't, like I, I don't care if you're Lewis Hamilton or if you're if you're you know Jimmy Johnson. Nobody can be perfect on feedback. There's right. no such thing as perfection when it comes to what a driver is feeling on, in, in that race car because there's no way that a race car driver can remember every foot of that racetrack. Yeah, and, so many and changing and variables. The, exactly. Right? So. Really, it just comes down to limiting the variables, right? And the more experience you have, the more knowledge you have on why things are the way they are, the the better off you are. And and J.R. Fitzpatrick has, you know, got to be one of the names that every chassis builder in in North America would want to work with, um, hands down. But when you when you look at the performance level, when you look at you know what they're bringing to the racetrack, they've always brought a great race car to the racetrack. They've always brought a decent notebook to the racetrack, and they've always brought performance. And when you look at this year, he has taken a step forward. 
and I don't mean just a little step. It's a, it's a giant step yeah. forward. It's like a stretch size step. I know. Talking to you last night after the races were done, you went, ooh, man, JR is very strong. He didn't just beat us. He kicked yeah. our ass. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I mean that in, in, in every way possible. He, he, he really drove a great race. Um, he overcame the shortfalls that the car had. The car still got loose sometimes. It still got sure. tight sometimes. Sure. Um, it's, it's true short track racing. But, uh, you know, he, he definitely uh, put together a, a great weekend of racing. Uh, we've seen it at sunset. Um, arguably the strongest performance that I've seen him put on at sunset, and I've seen him win there. Um, and just the way that the cards laid out, he did really well. I, I think that JR's got to be a, a, a not only a favorite, but a kind of head and shoulders favorite for the championship this year. And uh, McCall as well has got to be in that. In that group as well, so it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. David White, of course, went to victory lane at Delaware. Yeah, McCall went to victory lane at, at Flamborough. Let's see uh, who can get it done over at uh, over at Flamborough. I'm hearing DJ Kennington will be there for a hundred laps. Yep, big I'm, difference. I'm hearing that DJ Kennington's going to be there. I'm hearing that uh, uh, there's going to be a bunch of really good cars uh, from the WMI stable. There's going to be a bunch of really good MRE cars, and and uh, uh, you know it's going to be a lights out show. The other thing that I picked up on that you said uh, when I asked you, do you know where you can pick up the speed that you guys did not have tonight and you had a second and a third place? And undoubtedly, yes, was your response. Uh, So the 17 knows where he's got to pick it up um, and what he had left on the table. Maybe that's the difference. Well, I I definitely think, undoubtedly, yes, we know what we are going to go back with. Yeah. And and there's already a plan for step two and three once that works or does not work. So, um, really, that's the point of going to these races, right? And and really, you would do this normally at a test, right? So, you have to attack these nights like a test. And that's why JR wasn't at at Delaware Speedway. Yeah. Yeah. Because, really, when you change the weight, when you change the... Um, the weight and you change the horsepower, you're changing the entire dynamic of the race car. Are you learning anything when you have a restrictor plate that you don't normally have? Are you learning anything when you've got more weight than you normally have? No, no. you're not. No. So um, really, you know, you can't treat it like a test. So you can treat Flamborough like a test because it is APC rules. So right. it's um, straight it, up. It's straight up. You're learning. And, uh, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, at what we learned worked and didn't work, um, we know what we're going to go back with as the 17 car. Um, and we also know what our, our plan is if those adjustments don't work. So, um, you know, you've got, you got a plan on the plan. You don't just have, you don't just have two steps and then, and then we'll, we'll guess from there. You literally have six different plans in place. Um, and, and whichever way it goes, whichever way the cards fall, then, then you can go that way. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of cars at uh, at at Flamborough that that don't have that uh, flexibility. So right. I think the cars that you've seen at Flamborough from then until now are going to have a little bit of an advantage. But that number is is deep, and uh, there'll be there'll be some good cars up front. Well, the number that's coming up next is the number thirty eight. That is Jake Hooker. He won in his dirt late model last night at uh, Ontario Motor Speedway. Southern Ontario. Southern Ontario Motor Speedway. Uh, And he's going to join us live next. Stay with us. This is Jerry Paxton, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. 
You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, channel 167. Stop by Own Sound, Mr. Transmission, for a free multi-check inspection for all your driveline needs, including transmissions, differentials, transfer cases, axles, and more. Mr. Transmission, Own Sound, the area's number one driveline specialist. Chris and his team will take care of you. Tonight's Race Time Radio is fueled by AP Race Fuels. The worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Comic and impressionist Rich Little. I imitate a lot of people on radio. You know, people listening thought they were the real people. So they wanted to meet Elvis and John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. And so they all came down to the radio station and they said to me, Oh, Rich, when you walk out, they're going to mob you. And um, of course, there weren't any. It was just me. And somebody said, there's nobody. It was just Rich Little. And I walked out and got booed. <laughs> Canada Talks, Sirius XM Channel 167. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody alive? Celebrity guest DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home away from home. Great to be here. E Street Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 20. After two years of silence at Riverside International Speedway, not no more. The IWK 250 Super Weekend is on July 21st through the 23rd. Everything kicks off Thursday night, July 21st, with a popular tailgate party. Then on Friday night, it's the Henry's Auto Pro Sportsman 100 and Legends. Then on Saturday, Canada's Ultimate Short Track Race, the IWK 250, July 23rd. Featuring the stars of the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour, plus a pile more from across Canada and the U.S. For camping and tickets, get to RiversideSpeedway.ca or join us live worldwide on Racetimeradio.com. It's the IWK 250 presented by Steve Lewis. July 21st through the 23rd. Gentlemen, start your engine. Welcome back. Race Time Radio. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. All live on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks. Uh, Just a little update on the Coke 600. Uh, you've got the number nine at Napa Chevrolet still out front. Chase Elliott still in the lead with like 35 to go in stage number two. What is there? There's four stages to this one tonight, yeah, right, Junior? Four stages. Yeah. Long race, man. Well, if you've never been to the Coke 600, oh my God, is it a long race. <laughs> you've been at it a couple of times. But uh, let's get back to the hotline, shall we? And I made a blunder. Just before the break, I said Jake Hooker in the number 38. So, you see, that is old habit. I am attuned to his father, 
Kirk, and I kind of thought Jake would have carried the number, but I guess if the old guy jumps in the car, he has to have his own number. So uh, Jake has selected the 1A, I do believe, and he joins us on the hotline. What's going on there, Jake? How you doing, kiddo? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Man, how about that? You get yourself a feature win early in the season. That's got to feel good. Yeah, it, uh, it feels good, Joe. Um, actually, we still have our 38 house car. Um, it's at my house. Uh, but now I drive for uh, Brad Oth here, and he is the 1A. And uh, just very thankful for uh, Brad and Nikki Oth here and everyone that put me in this ride. Ah, gotcha. Okay, that's why it wasn't a 38. I was kind of wondering, but uh, when I went to break, Sue said, hey, uh, Jake was in the 1A. It wasn't in the 38. I said, huh? But now you have clarified that one. Uh, good to hear. Uh, take us back through the race last night. Where'd you qualify? Obviously, you ended up in victory lane. Uh, were you at the front all night? You stayed there, or did you have to work your way through? Uh, we, we were uh, we were closer to the front there. I think we qualified uh, third. Um, so uh, we we had a really good heat race. I knew we had a good car. Like uh, we have Ed Carley and. Genesis shocks on our car now, and seems to those shocks really work on the longer runs. So, uh, just a, a race of patience, you know. Is the opening night, um, everyone raced with a lot of respect, and really, our Brad and my dad had the car set perfectly, and I just had to hold the steering wheel and hit the gas. Ah, you gotta love it when a plan comes together. That Southern Ontario Speedway looks like a rocket faster track. Uh, is it as fast as it looks, Jake? Yeah, absolutely. It is, uh, I think it's pretty close to Oshwegan, but, uh, it seems our track always holds a lot more moisture and it is, uh, definitely a fast, fast racetrack. I, uh, I do like the old Buxton with the old B though, but this, this new racetrack is, uh, it's second to none. And now, uh, uh, Henry's done a great job, and uh, I mean, we just, uh, I can't thank enough for Profotas and Vertec for giving me a fast race car so we can run up front. So with that track holding a little bit more, uh, more moisture, what is that attributed to? Is it a different type of clay than what we see at the Big O or at Merrittville or Humberstone or any of those? Like, uh, Obviously, they're all different tracks. Are they different clays, too? Uh, I found uh, Merrittville and Humberstone when we took our supercar up there. It was more of a, a sand-type base, so uh, it was very uh, aggressive on tires. Um, it seems down here we have more of a blue-type clay, so it's not as aggressive and it holds moisture. Um, and with, like, the longer the race goes on, the moisture seems to, like, leak out of it. So it all it honestly all depends on where where the sun is and how much rain we get and how much track prep gets put down but our track usually tends to lean to be more tackier um than the Merrittville and and Humberstone so with the more moisture in the racetrack does that mean Jake that the car sticks better or does it make it more loose how does it make the car feel inside uh well um it makes it makes the car have a lot more traction. Um, a lot of our like our super light models are uh, more balanced on the right front and putting drive into the left rear, so they're a little different than the uh, asphalt cars. But uh, we have a wider tire. We're on a 14-inch rim, so it 
it makes it feel like the whole tire gets into the ground and you're able to use all the 900 horse. 900 horse. Wow. wow. Think about it. You got to love that. It's, you got to feel like it's, you're... Uh, it's, it's definitely different, but uh, I guess you heard it here first. Uh, we are trying to put an asphalt deal together. Ah, so, I was going to ask you. I was. <laughs> uh, it, it, it took the old boy a while to come off the dirt and jump onto the asphalt. I I was about to ask that question, but Junior is going to come at you next. <laughs> don't 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 bring nine hundred horse out there. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. that. You'll don't burn that. the tires right <laughs> off of Jake. Yeah. Jake, uh, it, it's uh, it's good to see. Uh, obviously, Victory Lane. When I when I read that post from your dad, um, you know, Jake just went to Victory Lane. I was pumped. That's that's uh, wicked to see. Um, it, when you look at uh, at your career, as as you know, as you've went through your career. Um, you know, this, this game is all about momentum and, you know, we ask this, we ask this question a lot to, to guys who, 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 you know, get back into victory lane after a while, um, you know, and then they go on a run, you know, they go, uh, they pick up a bunch of wins. Um, what's this do for momentum for your career as a driver? Um, and, uh, what's like, what's, what's that excitement level do getting back into victory lane after a while? Um, I mean, it, uh, Joe, it, it, uh, it means a lot. Uh, you know, my, the people that surround me, uh, Brad Ossier, the, the guy I drive for, which I'm forever thankful. He has multiple championships. My father, I'm not even a nick in the cylinder block to what those two guys have done in their whole racing career. Like, um, my mom's won races and it's, uh, it boosts you up a lot. Like, um, you know, it's, it's a different feeling um, when you drive for someone compared to driving for our house car. Um, you know, it kind of gives you that, uh, like they expect you, but not so much of an expectation. It's more like, hey, I not deserve, but uh, I'm more thankful to be in the ride. Um, and, you know, like it's the countless amounts of hours that everyone puts in and it, it feels like it pays off you know i have uh johnny five uh kyle ross brad wanicott um my john deforest my fiance melody she washes and grinds tires she's in there like a dirty shirt um it's it's everyone that puts this whole deal together that it feels like it pays off for them and it feels like it pays off for me too um This sport, this sport is all about people, and it sounds, Jake, like you are surrounded by the right ones. But listen, uh, you know, uh, you, we can give you a helicopter, but if you can't fly it, then it really isn't too good to you. But you see, you can do it. You can do it, and you're surrounded by the right people. That is the cool part. Yeah, I, I've been very fortunate with my racing career with being surrounded with everybody, like, I, I could call Ed Carley right now, and he, I've been wearing his phone out with his new shock package, um, and it's uh, it's unbelievable, really. Um, you know, it's a it's a different sensation. Even even Mike McCall, like that's we're we're more leaning to an MRE car we're trying to put together, but it's just uh, very fortunate for who I have around me and where I've been brought to, like or where I'm at right now. You know, Jake, uh, tonight on the program, so far we've had three, we've had three 
second generation drivers and you're the fourth right so jake sheridan ron sheridan raced a tremendous amount uh, uh through the years and uh jr fitzpatrick john fitzpatrick senior got the ball rolling in motorsports for them and uh you know and then yourself um uh you know kirk hooker is a legendary name when it comes time for for even dirt and asphalt What's it like being that second generation? How hard is it to to kind of be your own person, um, number one, and kind of limit expectations, but also uh, live up to the expectations of of what what we've seen out of Kirk Hooker for all those years? Is it is it trying to limit the expectations? Is it trying to maximize on it? What what is the what's it like being the second generation to somebody who is not just good at it? He's great at it. Um, I, uh, I guess I just, I don't, I don't quite know. It's, uh, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's difficult. I, my dad's won lots of races everywhere and racing nowadays, it's a lot harder to race both divisions and dirt and asphalt. Um, you know, I, funny story, they tried putting a, a grudge match against me and my dad, uh, at the Southern Ontario and, my dad was kind of leaning like um, like more of a yay, and I was uh, 100% against it because, to me, my, my father is the greatest racer. He beats Scott Bloomquist. He beats Kyle Larson. And for me, I don't want to race against uh, Kirk now. I, I want to race against the Kirk that um, raced both divisions. Um, you know what I mean? Like the 2005 Kirk. Yep. And I never want to be my hero. Yeah, and uh, amazing! What a hero to have, Jake. And he, uh, he is with Brad and Ed and my dad and my corner. Um, the the amount of knowledge and the coachingism that they both supply with me is is unbelievable. Awesome stuff. Uh, we're with Jake Hooker. He goes to Victory Lane, Southern Ontario Motor Speedway, uh, just last night. In the 1A Super, uh, it did a great job behind the wheel. Now, you alluded to it, so we got to pick at this just a little bit. Uh, potentially, some asphalt in your future. Have you been on asphalt ever? And uh, what, what, what is sort of the plan, the landscape for you this summer? Uh, I have drove asphalt. I got to drive the Ken Spira um, mini stock at Huck. Frost Fest, uh, 2016 or 17. I got sixth in that deal. And then uh, I got to drive the MRE house car in Delaware when they had the triple 25s, and we got second or third. Um, the concentration this summer is uh, with Team Off here with their super late model and their Thunderstock program. Um, and uh, hopefully by the end of the summer we will be able to run Oktoberfest and um, and we, we plan the the real intention is to go down to speed weeks um, we were on to give it 110 percent down there oh man I'll tell you what a hooker back in the victor back in the back in the at pit New area Smyrna. at New Smyrna Speedway that's uh, the, the the stars the stars have aligned it's it's back it, you know the the universe is back to normal now well you're gonna have you'll have a chisholm in the grandstand I can guarantee you that mr. hooker we might need a Chisholm on the radio too. <laughs> yeah, if I can, <coughs> if I can get him back across the border, maybe we can do that. I'll smuggle, yeah, you have to smuggle me in. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ride underneath. I'll, I'll hold on to some bars. 
Hey, I I will say this about that. You did call your dad your your hero, um, and and Kirk Hooker definitely a hero to lots of guys. I will say that I wrecked your hero in a in a go kart one time, and he never let me uh, live it down. I spun him out at a go kart in a go kart race at uh, at like when we were down in Florida the one year, and I don't think you were there, Jake. But uh, he he uh, I've never seen Hooker mad at me before, but he was mad at me that day. He he got upset, uh, yeah. and it was just a go kart race. I said, Hooker, what are you mad for? And he goes, That was uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> I was never allowed to go on those wild road trips. My mom always made me stay home. <laughs> but I think there's a picture of all you guys on the go karts somewhere around there. Yeah, it would. It, yeah. it, it was uh, it was a blast, man. We wrecked that poor that poor. Uh, there was there was a you know the guy who checks in and you pay your tickets to oh yeah that yeah. same guy came out and officiated the race quote unquote officiated and he said all right guys like like I don't you know no bumping uh, <laughs> if you're bumping you're out and uh, Hooker said yeah that'll last <laughs> and uh, we uh, you know the rain had just stopped so the track was actually damp and there was I think fourteen of us or so Greg Gibson was there and Andrew Grizel and there. oh man it was. It was a gas. Yeah. But they dropped the green flag, and it was just a yard sale into turn one. There there was no officiating whatsoever on the bumping side of things. And, and no lifting by the, by the sounds of it. Greg had a uh, Greg had one of those little replay cameras. Not a GoPro. The little RE replay cameras on there. I would love to watch that footage. If yeah. you hear of that footage anywhere, I would love to watch that because yeah, that it, was, uh, it was a lot Every, of fun. Every road trip we do, my parents always stop at one of those go-kart tracks, and we... We tend to tear some stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> Too time. much fun. Jake, this has been a gas catching up with you. Uh, I know we're going to keep our eye firmly planted on you, buddy, and uh, hope to get you back on Race Time Radio. Get out there, kick some more button. We'll get you back on here. Sound like a plan? Yes, and uh, thank you guys for putting me on the radio. I, I greatly appreciate this. Well, hey, hit those sponsors. Hit those sponsors. I know they mean a ton to you. Uh, thank, I got to thank Border City Freight and the Gooey's Flowers. Paul the Gooey stepped on board huge with us this year. And uh, for Photos Garage, Bill and Yvonne, they're, they've always been a nonstop help with me. Uh, Brad's Delivery, he owns the race car. And uh, I can't thank the author family enough. Vertec, Steve Barnier, I'm sure you guys know who Steve is. He, he's always helped me out. That's been an awesome thing. Uh, my father-in-law, Sun Parlor Trailers, Westside Performance Plus, Ed Carly, Genesis Shocks, OG's Pizza, all Kyle, my fiance, my mom, my dad, uh, everyone that gets this car up and down the road. I just I can't say enough for everybody. Awesome job, Jake. And, and do me a favor: when you do get on that asphalt again, uh, you got to ask your dad. Uh, he used to do one Joe lap for me in every All Star race. Uh, it started out as a mistake, but then he did it. Every single race, and he would do one Joe lap. He'll tell you all about it. Uh, but I want to see a Joe lap out of you, buddy. I will definitely do it. I will definitely do a Joe lap. <laughs> Too much fun, Jake. Have a good one. Congratulations on the win. Thank you, and thanks again, guys. Take Jake, care, Jake. Jake Hooker. Uh, watch for him. You can catch him at Southern Ontario Motor Speedway, and hopefully coming to an asphalt track near you. Believe me when I say, if he shows up in, a, in an asphalt car, you want to see him on dirt, too. The guy's magic. But if he shows up in an asphalt track, uh, you want to make it to that race. Uh, he will be a chip off the old block. 
And uh, I can tell you, one of the most exciting drivers we had in all of the All-Star Racing Series, that number 38. Yeah, and you know he, he the the two of them are 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 very different personality wise. Yep. But but behind the wheel, they're both uh, extremely calculated, but also extremely aggressive, and that's a very difficult thing to be. Yes. You know when you when you uh, you know strap the helmet on, there's very aggressive drivers that aren't calculated. Yes. You know, and and there are there are extremely aggressive drivers that that uh, uh, you know just simply are are you know put it in there and and go for that spot and the hooker you know gene <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's got to be it's got to be aggression and and calculation because they uh know when the car is going to stick and and when it's not and uh um you know it's just an incredible family uh look at the guests that we've had on talking about that second generation portion my lord you know it's I know. it's uh uh it, the stars are definitely aligning i got to hit this break we still have one more guest on this show tonight all the way out in bc Rory Smith, get ready. We're coming at you, buddy. He's the winner of the 125, and he's going to be on race time next. Hey, this is Matt Kenseth, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, Channel 167. Dive Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew, also by the Wooden Door Bistro. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store. You can count on Napa know-how. No one else, only you. Mr. Never Say Die. Your eight-year-old car running like new? That's all you. And your friend, Mr. Transmission. Transmissions, that's their specialty. Over 350 different types. Making Mr. Transmission Canada's undisputed transmission and technology expert. Book your free multi-check inspection at your local Mr. Transmission to keep it running smoothly. How long will your car last? As long as you want it to. Thanks to your friend. Hey, Mr. After two years of silence at Riverside International Speedway, not no more. The IWK 250 Super Weekend is on July 21st through the 23rd. Everything kicks off Thursday night, July 21st, with a popular tailgate party. Then on Friday night, it's the Henry's Auto Pro Sportsman 100 and Legends. Then on Saturday, Canada's ultimate short track race, the IWK 250, July 23rd. Featuring the stars of the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour, plus a pile more from across Canada and the U.S. For camping and tickets, get to RiversideSpeedway.ca or join us live worldwide on RacetimeRadio.com. It's the IWK 250 presented by Steve Lewis. July 21st through the 23rd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby, yeah. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, 
and Andy Gadesh, Nova Scotia. Canadian actor and Marvel star Simu Liu. Yeah, let's just say that if they if they wanted a comic book accurate representation of that character, they would not have hired Destin Daniel Cretton as the filmmaker, and they would not have hired Simu Liu to portray the lead actor. Um, and, and I think what they got with the both of us and what we kind of connected on right off the bat was let's create a relatable hero for 2021. Canada Talks. Drivers, start your engines! Welcome back to the track. Live on Racetime Radio, Sirius XM 167. And we are back with you live tonight on Racetime Radio. Ooh, some crunched up metal in the NASCAR race right now. The uh, Coca-Cola 600 is on the boob tube, and uh, quite a few guys got tied up in that one. But I'll tell you, out in BC for the 125, uh, just a week ago, uh, there was no bent sheet metal for the number 16 car. Uh, it's Rory Smith. He went to victory lane. What's going on tonight, Rory? How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic, man. Uh, sounds like you had a real good race uh, a week ago today. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, 125 lapper at Western Speedway. Um, typically, we run twin 50, so it was uh, quite a bit of a different format for us. But uh, we had a good car count. There was 19 cars, I believe. And, yeah, to do 125 lapper was a great way to start the year off. Good deal. First extended uh, distance race of the year for you at Western, was it? Yeah, typically we uh, the Western Speedway, the Keg Late Model Series runs twin twin fifty main events throughout the year. Um, we always get the Canada two hundred, which is obviously two hundred laps. Um, that's kind of a separate deal, and then and then normally I go up to Saratoga. Um, I say normally. Uh, late models just went back up there last year, but in previous years, they, they always have 125 to 150 lap race, uh, once or twice up there every year. So that's a, that's a bit of a distance race as well. So do you take the notes then, Rory, from the 125 and be able to apply that to the 200 or is it a different strategy altogether? I've seen the 200 a couple times. I know you have won it, didn't you? You, you have been a past winner of that race, haven't you? Yep, last year uh, we ended up winning that one in, in 2018 as well. Um, I would say, yeah, it was a good, it was a good uh, 125 lappers, a good learning curve for the 200. Um, you know, just just over half the distance there, but uh, we always get a break at lap 100 of the 200 um, to fill up and do any little adjustments. So I think we got a good feel on on the 200. Um, it's a little early in the year to to tell you know we don't run the 200 till september but i think we'll be in good shape good deal uh where did you qualify for the 125 uh i'm trying to remember i believe uh you did qualify right up front didn't you uh we were fourth um it was a decent effort uh, a lot of cars tight in time i believe jason frost got quick time um and I think from about second to seventh or eighth was really tight in times, like tenth or tenth and a half. So, um, yeah, good feel the cars. Yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. The competition, the competition level was definitely there. Uh, so you start the race off in fourth. How long did it take you to get out front? I believe we got out to the lead at around lap 40. Um, I think we started third or fourth row inside. 
the Dave Hammer took the lead early. Um, he's always a great competition when he comes over. He's from Vancouver. Um, and yeah, we made our way up to third, got to second, um, ran up behind Dave. He had a pretty good car. And then the yellow came out and I ended up, uh, getting him on the restart, which was, was a nice clean way to get around him. So, and then just took off from there kind of, we had a really good car on the long run. Um, yeah. You gotta be patient. You gotta be patient. It sounds like those patients paid off. Yeah, being the 125 laps, uh, it, it, I think everyone was super patient. We didn't have any wrecked cars. There was a few spins, nothing serious. Um, I, I like that format. Um, twin 50s is fun as well, but when you get up in the 20 car range, um, guys start to get a little panicky to get from the back to the front in 50 laps. And, and uh, last year we tore up a bunch of cars uh, on a few nights because of that. So hopefully we don't have that coming up in two weeks. we got another race on uh, June 11th, so... We'll see, Rory. How many races do you get to uh, in the span of a year? Typically, is it like a is it like a eight to ten, or like wh- wh- how many races uh, typically does a Western guy get uh, up to um, uh, throughout the season? The keg, the keg series always runs four local okay. nights. So, yep. I mean, technically, normally we get eight main events. Yep. Usually, they're all fifty lappers, um, and then we get our Canada two hundred uh, in September and. Um, not Western Speedway, but uh, Saratoga Motorsports Park always puts on a like an invitational late model race up there. Gotcha. Um, which most guys go to. I think there was eighteen or nineteen cars went up there a week after the Canon Two Hundred last year, um, which was a really good car count. Uh, new owners up there. It's awesome track to to race at, and uh, it's a bit of a change up for the Victoria guys because you know we're living on an island. We don't typically travel too much. The ferry cost is huge, and and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely. Expenses are up this year for everybody, especially you guys touring around, dragging those big trailers uh, with the truck and stuff. Uh, the expenses have got to be off the chart. Uh, it'd be kind of scary to look at the expenses uh, versus the payout. Not to say that you know the payouts are slight, but. Uh, the metrics really don't add up. Even if you win the race, by the time you add in the tires, the fuel, the guys, the everything. Uh, but, you know, this is the sport we love, and that's the commitment we make uh, in doing it. Do you get out to Agassiz? Do you get out to Williams Lake or Penticton or any of those other tracks? Or, or are they sort of like on a wish list? Do you make it out there every now and then? Um, I've been to Agassiz, never raced there. Uh, I've been up to Penticton a few times to run, run the late model up there. Didn't make it this year, just with other other stuff going on. Um, I do want to make Agassiz. I'm doubting this year. I just got a busy, busy year ahead of me. But um, and, and being Western Speedway, it's the last year of operation this year, and then the track's going to get uh, torn up. So I figure, you know, this year just run run Western for sure. Head up Island to Saratoga that race probably call it a year and the next year we're basically forced to travel so i'm sure we'll be making the haul up to penticton or agassiz and uh you know there's races that i believe west car runs prince george williams lake quinnell i could be wrong um but yeah those tracks are a big haul haul for us so but you know it would be fun to try and maybe maybe in the years coming that'll that'll be our path well, hopefully, any luck at all, sponsorship will come into play and you'll be able to decal it up and cover fuel costs and make it out to some of those other races. Uh, and with any luck at all, from what we were uh, speaking with Daryl last week, 
uh, with any luck, fingers crossed, they find a new location uh, so that Western can continue the history. Uh, like I said to him last week, it's not the track that creates the history, it's the people around it. Uh, and if you can find a new location, that history can definitely transfer over. Absolutely. Let's hope they uh, they can get something going. Having Western around is, has always been awesome. I, I guess we don't know how fortunate we, we are to have the track until it's gone, but that's, that's like, like most things in life. So, yeah, hopefully they can make something happen and we can have racing into the future here in, in Victoria. Yeah, be awesome stuff. Uh, so, uh, back on racetrack uh, two weeks from now. Is that when your next uh, race is going to be working? Fans catch you. Yeah, we're going to be out at Western Speedway. It's, it's scheduled for a Twin 50, uh, Twin 50 main events for the late model. I believe there's stock cars, old-timers, stuff like that for the follow-up show. And and I think the car count, what we hear is there's four or five more cars that are pretty close to ready. So, you know, even if we get half of those, we'll, we'll be over 20 in the car count for sure. So should be a good show. Ah, more competition. you got to love it. Rory, this has been great catching up with you tonight. Uh, we, we'll save your spot right here on Race Time. Uh, hopefully we get you back on here. Uh, I know we'll get the winner. I can guarantee it. But uh, thanks so much for the time tonight on Race Time. Hit those sponsors, buddy. I know they mean a ton. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, Raptor Excavating, Sean Septic, Central Tell Power Lines, uh, Finish Line Drywall, all local sponsors of mine and uh like to thank greg court he's a big part of my uh the race program working on the car crew chief in it and uh and the guys that come out and help me every week my brother uh cole michael brendan jake um all friends of mine that come out and help me and uh i can't can't thank them enough well good job buddy you go after it uh good luck go after it and go get it Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You bet. Rory Smith, driver of the 16, wins the 125. That's Beautiful what race you want to do. Oh, gorgeous car. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully they do get it sorted out at Western Speedway and, and uh, find a new location and uh, break some ground and lay down some pavement and, and uh, get after it because it's uh, definitely a hotbed for racing out there. There's a tremendous amount of content uh, comes from the island. So uh, uh, a beautiful area for sure. And uh, I can imagine it's difficult out there just with the with all the different struggles. But uh, you look at the uh, you look at the the racing content from Newfoundland. If they yeah. can have such a hotbed for motorsports in Avondale, Newfoundland, they can definitely have it in Victoria. Um, just uh, you know, it's it's definitely needed and and uh, and warranted. And and I would suggest that uh, you know I, I I see the similarities between East Eastbound Speedway Park. And you know, there's there's another racetrack in Newfoundland, right? The Thunder um, Valley. Thunder Valley. Yep. You know, it sounds like uh, Bishop you know, Falls. Uh, yeah. It sounds like there's kind of the same dynamic on on the the island. You know, with a couple of racetracks. Yeah. One being up the island, and and uh, one being down on the southern side, and uh, very similar dynamics. So I I would definitely urge the the people that want to carry on the the future at, at looking at the business model that that Eastbound and those guys have out there, and and uh, you know. Uh, the, you build it, they will come, and and uh, you know you look at uh, they're going to have an NASCAR Pinties race this year. So um, a, a dreams uh, do come true, exactly. So it's uh, obviously you know not a cheap game to get into building the racetrack no. today. But uh, that being said, uh, um, you know it's it's definitely warranted. You look at the caliber of equipment they've got, and uh, definitely warranted. The RS1 Tour starts yes. up. 
out at Area 27 next weekend. Yep. You do want to make that if you can make it out to it. Uh, I was hoping to have Trevor on here tonight to preview everything, uh, but I didn't hear back from him. So he's got to be tied up, but you got to know the RS1 series is going to fire off. Uh, get to a race. Definitely uh, check that out. They got more cars this year than they've ever had. Gary Clute is heading out that way. Uh, going to be a bunch of good racing out there uh, just a little bit uh, south of Penticton. I believe it is south. Uh, it's close to Penticton. Oliver, B.C. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, no word yet, Kent. No word yet. No word yet. Whatever that he said, is. He said any word on a NASCAR driver for the IWK ah, race. No word yet, Kent. No word, no word yet. yet. But that's going to do it for us tonight on Race Time Radio. Got to throw the keys back to Sirius XM. Channel 167, that does it for us. Thanks to Sue here. Thanks to Scotty there. And thanks to you right where you are for tuning in. We catch you next Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here. On Race Time Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 167. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.